Welcome to the BJ Bus. So I am here right now, and I have on the line Adam Corsair from South of the Six podcast. Adam, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing, man? Oh, living the dream, living the dream. So uh, you watching the game right now? I, I had it on, but I, I put it on pause just so I can be focused on this show and be focused for you. So, um, look, it's when the Blue Jays come to Montreal for spring training, that's when you finally get into that regular season mode, even though these games don't count at all. They seem like they do. Like, they put on this huge spectacle to make you feel like, oh, maybe this is the start of the season. Oh, no, it's not. But it's it's very much welcome to hear the sound of the bat, even to hear Buck and Pat. Like, I'm not a big fan of them, but at the same time, it's good to hear their voice again. I've missed it. You know, it's it's, it's great to hear Buck and being on, just having it on TV right now. Like you said, you know, it's it's a game that doesn't matter ultimately at the end of the day. But you see, like, there's so much support coming out of Montreal. I, do I believe that they are going to be able to get another major league team? I don't think so. Probably. They have to obviously, yeah, I mean, they, they have to do a couple of aspects and changing the changing the stadium around and stuff like that. But, I mean, frankly, I think Canada can survive with just one team, and I'm okay with that. That's yeah. that's perfectly fine, right? There's, there's what, 45 million of us supporting one baseball team. So, you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. What can you it's, do? It's not bad. I mean, like, I get the, the nostalgia of having a Montreal team. I understand there's still a, uh, a hardcore following and a big push in small pockets in Canada, specifically, obviously in Montreal, but they, they do have their supporters. And would it strike me as on uh, strike me as surprising if it ended up happening? No, but I, I just don't think it's very likely that they go uh, to have two Canadian baseball teams. That's just me personally. Yeah. And I mean, even right now, like it's only what the third inning right now and, the first two years that they were did, did this, uh, having the Jays over in Montreal, you know, it was packed. It was fun. And today, it's just, as you can see, there's a, a vast majority of empty seats now, right? So they're kind of getting tired of it. I think that they need to change it up. Then just doing a spring training game, kick it down in Dunedin for the next two games. And then just before the All-Star break, go do a two-game set against an NL team in Montreal. I think that that would be the better route of doing, doing this and generating more revenue. Because like we said, these games really don't matter at the end of the day, right? So. If you want to generate revenue doing it, do a couple of regular season games. How would you feel? Because I like that idea. How would you feel if they did that, but it's like a mandatory Washington Nationals series, right? So I don't know how Montreal feels about the Nationals. I don't know if they boo them or you know feel disrespected by them. But just to bring the nostalgia in, because I feel like if Washington wore the Montreal jerseys, it wouldn't be weird. It would be regarded as a throwback. So I think that would kind of be cool. Honestly, I love that idea, and I don't get why they're doing spring training game against Milwaukee. Like, right. yeah. what's, what's the point of watching a Brewers squad? You're right, and I like that. I like having a mandatory series against Washington for a two-game set or a three-game set if you're going to do a weekend. If you're going to do a midweek game, then you know you do a Tuesday-Wednesday stretch of, of the Nationals, and yeah, you got the Nationals repping the Expos jerseys. You know, and they come out cool. with, Yeah, and, and you have Vladdy uh, Sr. throwing the first pitch, and Oh. You know, that'd be the little gem. I mean, like they're showing guys right now in, in Montreal Expos jerseys, right? So it'd be beautiful to see that. And I think that that's would bring a lot of uh, fanfare and revenue ultimately for this team, because that's a lot of the aspect right now for this season. Anyways, is, is revenue. I mean, $5 beers in one section. Jesus. 
I know, man. I'm envious. I, I got. I have to watch the Blue Jays when they come to Fenway, and it's like twelve dollar beers, dude. It's 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 terrible. But I'm envious that you guys have those five dollar beer stands. Honestly, that's uh, that's awesome for you guys. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: they have it in one hundred level, two hundred level, and the five hundred level. One uh-huh. stand. How Ooh. many guys are going to say, you know what? I don't care. I'll pay the extra three dollars that it is for a guy to deliver it to my seat, so I don't have to get off my rear end. That's true. To, you know, and that's for me. Like, I, I was thinking about it. Like, great, this is great that they're doing five dollar beers, and then I see that they're doing one section per level. I'm not going to chase myself down for a thirty man lineup. Uh, sorry, a thirty man line to miss two innings of work for one beer. Like, and it's a two beer maximum, so it's it's pointless. Ultimately, go go to. It, what we do here is we go get smoking tickets is what they're called from the scalpers for two, three bucks up before the game, go to third inning, walk across the street to steam whistle, go get yep. smacked with steam whistle and come back for the fourth. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Right. I have some very fond memories of steam whistle, man. It's not the greatest beer, but it's great to drink. It's very easy to drink too. Um, so much. In fact, that last time I went up in to Toronto it was in 2015. Um, People just buying me beers, and I just had two steam whistles in my hand at all time, and I was just like, "All right, I guess this is what's going down." But uh, no, you're right. I, I think the the reason for this one stand per uh, level, or if you're saying there's only three stands total in the entire ballpark, I think that's sort of to force people to gravitate to buy the more expensive beers because I think this is only a 12 ounce can for five bucks, which fine, but at the same time, you're paying five bucks for 12 ounces. Come on. Yeah, and then if memory serves me right, geez, it's been a year since I've been at a ball game. The last ball game I was out for was Jib- Gibby's uh, last game, but uh, I think it was like nine seventy five for a tall boy at the game. It's nine seventy five or ten seventy five for a tall boy. Yeah, it's, so uh, yeah. it's it's stupid not to, right? It's just uh, I don't I don't get it. I just do one section, but hey, it's it's about making money, right? Right now, anyways. That's the name so, of the game, man. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Starting pitchers or relievers? Uh, let's let's just go in order. Let's go do the starting rotation. It's cool with me. Ready. Uh, so are we? Uh, we're uh, Stroman, Sanchez, Shoemaker. We're Barucky. What's what's the fifth? Who's the fifth guy on this team right now? You think? Well, I think right now Barucky's going. They already said he's going to miss at least one start. So I think Richard's going to be slotted in there as a number four. After that, I don't know. I don't know if Panone's going to get the nod. I know Gavilio is going tonight. Um, he pitched okay from what I've seen. There, there were a little bit of control issues, but otherwise it was a far cry from last year's terrible sightings. Um, I personally would like to go with Panone only because of the, the hometown aspect. He's from Rhode Island, so I kind of have uh, a bit of respect, and I'm pulling for him just for the Rhode Island aspect. But I don't know. I think if it's just a one-start thing, the fifth starter thing, it doesn't really matter because I think they're just waiting for Buckholes to be ready to go. And they say he should be come mid-April. So I, I think it's just a placeholder for now. And it's not going to really matter otherwise. I know a lot of people are pulling for Trent Thornton. I'm just not sure that that's going to come into fruition. You know what? Here's here's the thing for us the little guys that gets kind of the, the insight on some stuff. I was actually talking to uh, Panone's dad. Um, and this is kind of between just uh, obviously us and, and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panone is actually scheduled to be in AAA. Um, oh, okay. So the team, yeah, the team's kind of given him uh, the idea that he's going to be starting out in AAA um, just to get those everyday starts. That's what they're really going for because they want him to uh, to get those everyday starts. Same with uh, the guy that I'm thinking is is Reed Foley for that one-two game. 
And ultimately, I, I think that if Buckles, here's the thing, Buckles is what, 35 years old now? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. You want to have this young fruition coming in through the roster. Um, Buckles, by all means, has the dirtiest curveball in the game. No question of a doubt. But if he doesn't get ready by May, then I think that Reed Foley might be the guy that's going to be who's going to stick on this on this roster in that fifth pool. I mean, he got lit up for for the one game, but I mean, otherwise he had uh, what 15 innings pitched in, in 13 strikeouts. Um, and, and Trent Thornton, I think, is that guy that's going to be if we're going to do it. And there's not really talk about it, but being an opener, he's a stellar guy to do the openers. I, yeah. I don't. It takes away from the love of the game, and you know, having a guy come in for two, three innings, I. I don't really like it. I mean, but if it wins you ball games, that's all it is at the end of the day. We want to win ball games, right? I agree. I, I don't think really just if it's going to be just a placeholder, I don't think you can really go wrong. Again, it's the fifth starter. What are the expectations? Five, maybe six innings, maybe. Um, it could be worse. I think that I would like to see Sean Reed Foley get a, a bunch of starts. Honestly, I think he deserves it. But I think. If what you're saying is true about Pannone, which I have no doubt that what you're saying is true, I think it is, um, Sean Refoley still needs a little bit of refinement too. And I'm worried that they're going to bring him up a little too early and get lit up and really ruin his confidence. I think that his ceiling is so high and he's got some really good natural stuff. And if he can just refine that in AAA and really just set his feet in and come into his own, I think later on in the year would be the appropriate time to bring him up just so he can have that confidence and just mow down hitters. I think that is probably the most likely scenario. Yeah, I mean, he's only 23, right? So there is time with that. So, I mean, hey, I I don't know. You know, the one thing I didn't really wasn't too keen on was was the whole thing of Richard um, because he's taken a spot from one of these younger guys, right? And obviously, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can even push for a wild card, but even then it's, you know, it's hopes and dreams at that point, right? So give these guys a couple of looks, like swing them. I, I, like you said, bring Pannone in and, you know, swing them with either Thornton or and Foley. I didn't really – I wasn't a huge fan of the whole Clayton Richard signing just because what does he really offer to this team, right? A little bit of a veteran experience and what did he get lit up for 448 last year with yeah. San Diego? Yeah. So you're taking away a roster spot from a guy who's – frankly worked his ass off all year round in the off season to try and make this opening day roster, then go sign him for a one year deal. Like it's just you know what I get it. He's a trade chip and that's ultimately that's probably the best thing out of him. But hey, who knows? Um but the guy that I was really most excited for and I, and on even your podcast you said the same thing is Shoemaker. Yeah. Right? This is this guy's just a stud if he can pitch. The beard is awesome. That's first and foremost. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was the Blue Jays' second best starter this year. And if things break right, I think that's possible. I know you like Stroman, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But in terms of pure stuff, I think it goes Sanchez, then Shoemaker. I think that if if he can stay consistent all year, I think it's going to turn some heads in Blue Jays' camp and Blue Jays' fanhood. Um, but you brought up a good point. I do think that the regime, this Shapiro and Atkins regime, brings in these veteran pitchers or veteran hitters, whatever, um, to 
to be able to flip later in the season for trade value. And I don't think Shoemaker is, is free from that. I think that he, too, falls into that category. And I think he's the most likely to have that sort of value come July. Even though I think he's going to be good, you're right. We're really just pushing for a second wild card. Is that really possible? I don't know. Stranger things have happened in baseball. It's baseball, man. You can. Yeah, you, you never know. You just never know. But at the same time, I don't think the Blue Jays are counting on it. And I think what they're counting on is flipping these players for some value in order to stabilize a, uh, a farm system that's already very, very stable. Very stable. But in, to bolster that even more, to have this assembly line of players, I think that's what the Blue Jays are looking to do more than competing this year. Oh, of course. And I 100% agree with you. I think that... Uh... With with a shoemaker and you know like I 100 he very well could be the second best pitcher on this roster because he has just pure natural stuff, um, and ultimately this is a, a year for Strowman to really prove his worth, right? I mean, this guy's been Strowman's one of those pitchers who's been a great ground ball pitcher, led the league in, in for what two years back to back that he was the best ground ball starting pitcher. Um, so that ultimately comes a lot into the play, right? Because if Strowman is able to consistently be a solid ground ball pitcher, and you know, Shoemaker could very well get in the Rogers Center. There's a chance he could get tagged for some runs, especially sure. some. Yeah, I mean, just the just the way it's set up, right? He'll get tagged for some homers, but I mean, if he keeps the ball down and you know he works his stuff well enough, then yeah, by all means, Shoemaker very well could be the second best player on this roster for uh, pitch starting pitching, and I agree with you on that 100. percent yeah, it's it's just got the recipe. These one year deal, these one year deals. Sorry, um, that the Blue Jays make. They're curious to me because it it seems like they're showing their hand. It's sort of obvious that you're signing him to recoup value later down the line. I don't consider him a Blue Jays mainstay. Stranger things have happened. Like I said, it could be. It could be that he carries them throughout the season into you know, heights that we didn't expect the team to reach. I don't know, but it just seems likely that. Right now, he's going to start off pretty strong. I hope he does. I, I really do. And I hope that, you know, adding that sort of stability and that presence within the starting rotation, I think it's valuable. I think he is pretty much the complete opposite of what we can expect from Clayton Richard. Oh, 100%. He even said, like, uh, when I was down uh, down in Dunedin, I talked to him for a little bit, and I asked him straight out, why, what was the reason to choose the Jays? Because you probably did have some other offers on the table. And he said, you know, it was, it was talking to some of the guys in the organization and Charlie was a big part of it, and he said that this was an opportunity for him. I think he w wouldn't mind staying here, but I think that the writing is on the wall for him to be moved, like you said, at July, right? Because he is, if he's pitched, let's say at that point, you know, he's got eight wins under his belt at that point. A, a contending team like the Astros could use him at the uh, in a fifth spot, right? So that's the thing. You could push him and, and get a solid trade trip in return, right? So. Yeah, he's not a bad fifth starter for a contending team. Like, you can do a lot worse. And if you add him, if the Blue Jays are able to flip him for some decent value, I'm talking like a return, like maybe a J-Hap return. Like, that's yeah. pretty good. It's good. And it, I would have liked to see J-Hap come back for the Blue Jays. I think he was a, a great locker room presence, a great veteran presence for this team. Unfortunately, it wasn't. it didn't happen. The Blue Jays sort of pursued him. But I, I think it's similar in that respect. I think that if Shoemaker can pitch well, they'll get a value like they did for J-Hap. And, you know, you can't really complain with that. No, what they got for J-Hap was incredible, frankly. Yeah. I, I couldn't, uh, I think a lot of people were like, holy, holy crap, how did this, uh, how did this come into fruition, right? Um, and here's the thing, 
they've already brought out that they're talking about Stroman is the type of guy that we want to keep on this roster. But there's also if they do trade Stroman, which frankly, there I would be pissed off because he's only 27, 27 years old, right? He's going to be coming into his. Yeah, he's smaller, but if he comes into these later parts like Jay Happ did at 30, 31 years old, this is a guy who, you know, could help strengthen the rotation at 30, 31, 32 and be in his prime years at that point of his career, right? So, but I mean, if they do trade Stroman, what are they going to get for him? A couple of guys that were talking for him were if the Yankees really do want him, they're going to have to probably give up Clint Fraser. Yeah, see, Alexio, this is where we disagree. <laughs> and this is, I, I, I like having this conversation when it comes to Stroman because I've never seen the fan base so divided when it comes to one player. Um, look, I think that he's talented. I think he's a very talented pitcher, and I think he, like Shoemaker, adds a lot of stability when healthy for the Blue Jays. Um, I know what you mean when, you know, uh, Atkins said he's the type of pitcher that we want in our locker room. However, when it comes to statements like these, I take them as with a huge grain of salt because this is the same guy that as soon as Roberto Osuna got suspended, he came out to the media and said, Roberto Osuna is our closer, period. Right. And, mm-hmm. and this sort of narrative that he says about Stroman saying, oh, I like his attitude. He, he's got that fire and that passion. We love that. It screams the same sort of tone. And I don't think they approve of him calling out the organization like that. Now, I understand that he's frustrated. I understand that he has his his point of views, and he's certainly entitled to that. But I'm not sure doing that publicly will serve him well. I think out of anybody in the starting rotation in terms of recouping value back if they were to trade him, Stroman would be the one with the highest return. And I think teams like... Uh, Houston would be interested or teams like I I know I think the Padres were interested at one point or San Francisco Um, these are teams that could theoretically give the Blue Jays back something desirable maybe not so much San Francisco but definitely Houston uh, definitely the uh, uh, San Diego if it were to happen I think the writing is on the wall right now for for Stroman he's got a year left in arbitration Uh, the Blue Jays typically and historically don't spend a lot on uh, starting pitching. And I think Stroman's going to command a lot, and I think he's going to misread the market. Um, I think it's more likely that he plays in another uniform this year uh, towards the end than in a Blue Jays uniform. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, 100% that the writing is on the wall because of how this, you know, he's he's a valuable trade ship and they want to get younger and, and all that. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you remember when we signed A.J. Burnett to that, disaster of a contract like the guy was 30 yeah. years old when he yeah. signed that contract right so and he was just coming into his prime and i think that there's a chance that they could potentially regret making that move if they don't trade him for the right chip right that's where it's the most important thing because i think you if you are the jays you have to go and look at it like if you're going to move him to a team like houston where you're going to obviously ask for kyle tucker but you're not going to get kyle tucker mm-hmm. right you're going to get you know that that mid-tier, fourth, fifth possible potential uh, starter, and maybe a solid outfielder. Another outfielder on this damn team. Let's just be honest with that. <laughs> um, but that's what they end up getting in return. Um, it's just tough, man. Like, I don't know. And aside from the whole dog thing with this whole fan base, like, these dogs are notorious for getting their ears cropped. So, like, 
I, I get the uproar, like you cropped your dog's ears, but I don't know how many, I'm a dog guy. I've had four dogs in my life <clears throat> and these dog, those dogs are just notorious. Like they're notorious to have their ears cropped. So that's just, you know, fan bases being fan bases and, and PETA and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's a whole nother story. Right. But yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, Stroman, Stroman is uh, unfortunately, I agree with the writing is on the wall, especially after that statement, right? Like that we we like him. Of course, you like the guy. Like he's he's a solid starting pitcher. Of course, you're gonna like him. But you like him more if you're gonna get a solid prospect in return, right? So it is what it is. You can't really yeah. take it with the like you said, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the uh, the relievers. Uh, where are you <laughs> thinking that this is uh, this is heading right now? Um, I'm looking at it like. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't like Mesa on this roster, but I, I see I see uh, Biagini, uh, Tapera, maybe Danny Barnes, um, and you know you got Gaviglio, who's going to probably be that guy who could be a stretch, and Giles. Um, but I think that this is where you know ninety five percent of the roster is made up coming into camp, um, and then that other five percent are guys that are fighting for a spot, and I think that. Um, Maybe not, uh, sorry, not Mesa, but uh, Danny Barnes. Sorry, I think Mesa's got a spot on this roster, but Danny Barnes is one of those guys who could go down to the minors um, and Justin Schaefer take his spot. Yeah, I, I I think you can throw in Luciano in there as well. I think it, it's likely that the Jays hold on to him and not try to uh, dangle him back to the Royals. Um, they also signed Daniel Hudson yesterday, so yep. there's another arm. Um, I was... Yeah, and Bud Norris as well. Yeah, I, I was of the assumption that they were going to go eight. Um, it's looking likely that they might go eight just out of necessity to keep Luciano. Yeah. Um, it's not the best of bullpens, man. I think this is the biggest bruise on the Blue Jays squad. And that's my number one fear, right, is that this bullpen is going to cough up a lot of runs and cost the Blue Jays a lot of games. We were just talking about the strength of the starting pitching staff minus Clayton Richard, right? So four out of your five starting pitchers are pretty stable and robust for this uh, team. It's going to be a really bad sight to see the, the, the bullpen cost them runs and cost them games. So my hopes on the bullpen, I'm just really going to be like gripping my chair, like white knuckling the, the arms of my chair and holding my breath, man. But I, I don't see this bullpen performing that well. And it's a shame because there was a time where the Blue Jays bullpen, you know, calling back all the way to 2014 and 15 was pretty decent. And it's just yeah. on a dime. It, it sucks to see that they're, they're just not that good anymore. Would you, Obviously, I, I, we all kind of understand that the the organization isn't looking at winning a championship this year, but I don't like Luciano being on this roster. And this is where, like I said, I don't want to be one of those guys who's a negative Nancy, but this guy mm -hmm. got tagged for he's got an 11.42 ERA in spring. You know, it's just spring, but he's had eight innings pitched and he's gave up 11 runs. <laughs> like, this guy is getting lit up. Do you not think that it makes more sense just to try and, and trade for him and not have to keep him in the majors? There was talk. I, I think someone floated this out there of having the rights to Dalton. I'm sorry, trading Dalton Pompey for yeah. the rights of Luciano. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. However, I don't see the Royals doing that because if I'm the Royals, if, if I'm the Blue Jays and I approach the Royals for a trade for Luciano, that means that they're either really desperate to hold on to him and they can't, 
So if I'm the Royals, I'm just like, I'm going to reject this trade and I'm just going to wait for you to release them and bring them back to us. Like, There's no incentive for the Royals to make that move, right? Unless the return to them is very attractive. And right now, given what the Blue Jays have to offer, I just don't see it happening. So just for the sake of leverage, I think the, the Blue Jays are going to hold on to them. Whether or not I think that's wise for them to do, I don't know. But I, I just don't see a trade happening with them and the Royals for him. Well, and that's the thing. Like, do you give him up? I mean, he what is he? He's 19 years old. Yep. He's got a decent arm. But obviously, there's that thing of the team isn't really looking at competing and winning a championship this year, right? So you really give up a spot in the pen just to keep him and maybe see if he pans out. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily hurt, but it will definitely cost his team in the long run. Like, this guy's just going to get tagged, continuously get tagged. And if this three battle rule does come into play, he's for sure going to get tagged. Like yeah. there's no, there's no question about it. Like he's the watching him just down in Dunedin. He's leaving stuff over the plate, left, right, and center. Um, and you know that's the thing. Jays fans weren't able to get the opportunity to see that because um, Sportsnet decided that they're not going to be broadcasting any spring training games, other than the Yankees games for some reason. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but they'll yeah. they'll broadcast darts, man. You know? Yeah, they'll broadcast darts, <laughs> but they won't broadcast the Blue Jays, which actually make them money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy, dude, this guy would just leave stuff hanging over the plate, left, right, and center, and it was it was like nothing for these guys to go and uh, take them for a ride. Like honestly, you put me back in a batter box, and I could probably pop, probably hit off this guy. And it's been years since I've sat in a batter's box. Yeah, I, I think. What they're going to do is they're going to give him an opportunity, right? They're they're going to see if he can sort of turn it around and fall into form in the beginning uh, portion of the season. And like they released Jonathan Axford and they re-signed him pending like you know a rehab, making sure that he's okay. If all goes well with Axford and he rehabs properly and there's nothing wrong with that elbow and he's able to contribute to the team, then I think they have more of an incentive to release Luciano back to the Royals. But at this point, even though we're talking about how bad the bullpen and bullpen is, which it is, uh, those types of arms are coming sort of at a premium. So I think they're trying to hold on to them as long as possible and sort of hedge their bets with what they have. And if it fails, it fails, and then they know, and they have a backup plan when Axford is ready. Yeah, they... Uh... I, I kind of understand that, and I see where that you know that aspect's coming from. And like you know, like we said, it's it's not a year that we're winning a championship, right? So, yeah, I get it. You got to keep him. He's young. He's he's got potential, and that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what can you do? The only the only other guy that I really couldn't uh, really say much about was would be even Giles, man. Like, you really want this guy to be your the closer of the future? You don't want to see him punch himself in the face two or three times. <laughs> Uh, honestly, man, after, after what I heard about what happened at the, uh, spring training at the facility, like the training camp facility and yeah. his little with Paulino, like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. If he is able to have a sub four ERA and even have, you know, 15 saves coming into the deadline, you got to move. Like, there's no question of it. This guy's just, I think he's a cancer, um, to a team. Because if obviously he, he's a very emotional guy, but why Philly moved him? And there's a reason why Houston moved him, right? So, because closers are hard to come by. So, 
why would a team like Philly, who's been desperate for closers for years now, move them, right? Yeah. And the, the opportunity to get Osuna, like you got to be stupid not to take Osuna, even if with that whole legal trouble, um, to not take him for what you were offered for, right? So I, I just, I, I don't see this guy being a part of the long-term future here in Toronto um, either. And that's another trade ship for the Jays, which hopefully, you know, maybe maybe a guy like, Biagini could take that role. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but he's a solid setup man. And who, who, who could we really rely on to be a closer in the near future? Right. I'm not sure. All right. So I'm, I, I do think you're right that he's definitely a trade chip come uh, July. I, I think that with these players, like I said, with one year, this being a contract year, I do think that it's likely that they're moved. Um, I don't think he has any sort of presence for the future with the Blue Jays. I don't. I don't think he's in the long-term plans at all. But at the same token, I I agree with you full-heartedly that closers are hard to come by. Like especially solid, reliable closers. I know they sort of had that with Osuna. I know the legal issues forced their hand. I understand it, but they have to do better. At that, And like you said, they're not competing this year. So it's not like it, it is a pressing issue for them to get a solid closer for 2019. However, they do need to look at what they have in the future. I'm not sure I trust Biagini in that role long term. I think if he's if Giles is moved at, in July, then you're sort of left with Biagini as the best option at that point. Um, unless someone else lights it up and you're, you 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 sort of go with that moving forward. But I don't know, man. I, I think the closer aspect right now, it's it's very rare to find a reliable one. And uh, I mean, like, hey, Kimbrel's still out there. I know he's commanding <laughs> a lot of money, but he is still there. So th- there's that, I guess. And there's a one-year trade ship, right? I mean, if he's a solid stud, like, hey, and if I honestly, if I was a team other than, you know what? Hell, if I was a team that knew that I'm not going to make the playoffs... But you know that this guy's going to be a solid player like Kimbrell, then go yeah. out, sign him, give him the draft pick compensation, and then turn around and get an even better prospect with two years under his belt in minors. Like it's just use the free agency to your advantage, like the Jays are with Shoemaker and Richard and, and potentially even Buckles and Norris, right? So use that to your best advantage if you can. And that's a guy who's just sitting there. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I agree with yeah. you on that. I think that the Blue Jays at that point would be uh, negotiating uh, a, a high contract. They're not really comfortable shelling out to someone like Kimbrell. Neither would I. I. I wouldn't want to give him more than a one year and an option if that. Like that's that's the most I would give him at this point because you're right. He would end up being a trade chip. But if he's commanding like three four years, I'm I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's that's the thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's. it's... I don't know. This Jays team is going to be uh, definitely interesting. Hey, you can even move one of these damn outfielders. There's so <laughs> damn many of them. There get, are a lot. Uh, get rid of him. Package him up with all those too many. Don. So uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the outfielder situation, man. Uh, Pompey, start off with that. Is he a goner? <laughs> the baseball gods just do not want him to play baseball anymore. That I just reached that conclusion, dude. This is his third concussion, and like all jokes aside, that's a big deal. It is a big yeah. deal to get one or two concussions, let alone three. And when you get your third concussion off of a freak injury, like bumping your head on a stack of bats located on top of your locker, it is time to acknowledge that, hey, maybe this isn't the life I'm supposed to lead. I don't know. I can't make that decision for him. 
Um, I do think the Blue Jays value him. They've been holding him onto him for this long. He's out of options. They have to make a move. Um, I do think it's likely that if they do hold on to him, again, he's another valuable trade ship that could be utilized in July. Um, I don't know that there's a long-term future with him and the Blue Jays. The marriage just hasn't been good. It hasn't been favorable to either side, and I think he, he would do a lot of good with a change of scenery. You know, I know you don't follow hockey that much, but uh, Toronto, there's a thing called around here called Robidas Island. If you, have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. Uh, so Robidas Island, Stephen Robidas, he was uh, he was a player for the uh, Leafs. He uh, he was quote unquote injured, and mm-hmm. they put him on the injured reserve and just let him stay there. Um, I think that that's ultimately what they're doing right now with Pompey. Because listen, I've hit my head on baseball bats before. I've had a ninety mile an hour fastball hit my head. It hurts. <laughs> I wasn't concussed from it, right? So a baseball bat. Let's say even if it was one or two or three that hit off his head, bumped his head, it's kind of hard to get a concussion like that. So I looked at that report and I thought to the back of my head, like, hmm, is this a position where the Jays are like, okay, we know this guy's out of all. Mm. Let's just say he hit his head off of a couple bats, which he might have actually done it and said, oh, yeah, this guy's got a concussion now. We're just going to keep him over here while we give the opportunity to Pilar until we trade him and ship him out to San Fran potentially. Yeah, I think that's that's not a bad way to look at it. I think that maybe the Blue Jays sort of missed the boat on it, though, because let's say the if the concussion is, uh, I I don't want to say illegitimate, but if they use this to hit their advantage, just keep put him on the DL to have that um that spot open or ready for him if and when they trade Pilar. That's really hedging your bets on trading Pilar. Well, if a move isn't done, then they're sort of cornered and they have to they're they're gonna have to release him and place him on waivers. And for sure he's gonna get scooped. Well that's the thing. Like there's no question of a doubt he's gonna get scooped. And the writing is on the wall for maybe not necessarily writing is on the wall for Pilar to be a move. But I think we can all agree that this might just be Pilar's last year as much as we all love him here. And he's our Superman and he's every woman's fan favorite and they want to drop their drawers for him. That's just how it is around here. But, you know, I think that this very well is Pilar's last year. Um, So why waste the potential of having Alfred come up, move Pilar in in April? I mean, Pilar last year, he hit sub 300 on base percentage. Like this guy just, he had, a, yeah, he had a great year. He had most doubles in his career and 59, 59 uh, RBIs, but he, he's going to be gone um, ultimately. And if you have a quote unquote concussion, um, you very well could stay on the DL until some guys gets moved. And then 10 days later or 15 days later, oh, I don't have a concussion anymore. I'm back to playing baseball. And guess what? I got an everyday role playing with the Blue Jays, right? Or at least coming off the bench in that manner. Right. So I don't know. I, I, hitting your head on a baseball bat, nothing against it. I, I can, listen, I can understand getting a concussion like that, but how many baseball bats does it take to hit you, give you a concussion? Right. Yeah. Like, I've got a, quite a few. See what muddies the water even more. And you sort of touched on it when you talked about this log jam in the outfield, let's say, and I agree with you, let's say that they do move Pilar uh, late April, early May, when he doesn't turn into a pumpkin come June. Let's say uh, they sell high on Kevin Pillar. Um, 
I think it's more likely that Jonathan Axford, I mean, just, sorry, Jonathan Axford, Anthony Alford is going to get that <laughs> outfield spot. I think that he sort of tailed off at the end of spring, which is why I think they put him in Buffalo. But the ceiling is just so high with him. I think, and this may be a hot take, I think he's the best overall athlete in the Blue Jays system. And oh, I think doubt on that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if they're going to give the outfield spot if and when Pilar's traded, I think Alfred's got first dibs, man. Yeah, I I think that well here's the thing, it's a service time manipulation thing again, right? I mean he got called up two, three years ago. In September, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Did get uh it was that play too, right? So that's the service manipulation isn't really in the past. I don't know. What are you going to really get for Pompeii with these history of concussions now, right? You're not going to get much back in return. No. No, I think um, they're just going to put him on waivers. Is, uh, value. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, that's tough, man. Like, this guy's had a rough go of things. I mean, he had a great start to the spring. He looked like he was back to normal and what we all wanted for him in, in a Blue Jays uniform. I mean, he was born and raised in Mississauga. Couldn't ask for anything better. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad that this guy's going to be you know listen it's it's going to happen he's either going to be on waivers or it's going to be a seven-man rotation they're going to keep him on the bench and, and that's how it's going to play out but i don't think that's the case and yeah i think the writing is on the wall that he's gonna, yeah you know a waiver guy unfortunately but what can you do um so Tay oscar mckinney that's your outfield yeah Basically, I, I Tay Oscar got the nod. They announced it before tonight's game that Tay Oscar is going to be that third outfielder moving forward. Yeah, there's no question of a doubt with that. I mean, the guy had a best spring by all means for any damn James. It's just a matter of actually getting on base and you know clipping some average. Not a worrying yeah. about that power right now with him, right? So, yeah. And if you're going to do the four man outfield, that's where uh, you got Lourdes, right? So. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan of that, that four-man outfield. I mean, what's it really going to benefit? <laughs> Aaron Judge, Stanton, that's all you're really <laughs> playing it against? Mookie's going to hit it anyway. Yeah, and when you play the off days that you play Bryce Harper. I don't even know if they're playing the Phillies this year, but yeah, it's it's those types of situations. I don't think they're going to utilize it a lot, but you know, it's, it's there in their back pocket. So uh, let's move to the infield then. Uh, Freddie... Sorry about that. Uh, Freddie Lourdes, Smokey. Where, where else are you sitting on this? Uh, I think uh, Dre's Drury's in yeah, third. Yeah, yeah Dre's yeah. got three bags. Uh, who's the man, Sogard or Arania? I'd like to say Arania. I really do. I, 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 like, I love the youth of this team, and I'd rather it go to him. I'd, if they're going to go with Sogard, again, it's just to exploit him for trade value. That's it. And I, I just, I'd rather see the development, man, I really would. Yeah. I mean, Arena's batting 300 while Sogard's batting 214. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, the on-base percentage, right? And that's what's the more important stat here. And I mean, the on-base percentage isn't far off. It's only 20 points off between Sogard and Arena. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, again, these are just spring training stats, right? And these stats don't necessarily matter, but it also gives you that vying for competition in the spring, right? So that's the only real other competition right now. And, Sogard, yeah, you know, he's a trade ship, right? And he's got that one-year deal and on a minor league deal. And if he does come up, um, that kind of adds a little bit more fuel to the fire that 
hey, you know what, leave Arrhenia down in, in AAA. Fortunately, um, you know, you want to see that youth movement, but you know, having that trade ship possibility, it's about getting younger and, and bringing in those extra pieces, right? So if you even get two anything, anything, a bag of baseballs in a prospect for so hard, <laughs> right? Like, I think that that's, and listen, there's a reason why Shapiro and Atkins, they are somewhat hated in this, in this city and for what they, with the handling of Jose and Edwin, but I don't hate them. I think that they're very baseball-minded gurus, and there's a reason why that they're handling the realms on this team, right? And that's why they're doing these one-year deals, because they know if one guy is going to bring back two, and they do that with four or five guys, well, they can bring back 10 or 12 guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a tough part. Like, do you really give it to Arania right now, and or do you hopefully see that Sogard plays, you know, 90, 80 games? Maybe. Yeah, that's a, that's a tall order. I, I look, it's a minor league deal, right? And yeah. it, it it would really it let's say best case scenario that he's average. What are you getting back? Like really, what are you getting back? Another average minor league player at best. I, cash considerations are. Yeah, yeah, they love the cash considerations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're ears are perking right now. They lo- yeah, exactly. They love that. Um. I, I don't know. I think it's just be- more beneficial for the team um, to to have Urena up here. I I think that I understand they want to develop them in the AAA system. I get it, but are you really hedging your bets on Sogard? I think you are. That's a failure in philosophy. Front office doesn't strike me as those that have that in mind, right? I, I don't think they have failure in mind. I think they have development in mind, but in this aspect, I think it would be beneficial in his development if he was with the major league squad, that being your aim. Well, I said it with, I said it with uh, the catcher situation in one of my podcasts, right? I like the idea of Reese being in the major mm-hmm. just because, yeah, you got to give Reese those everyday at bat. And, you know, it's crucial to development that he's going to get every day at bat. Ultimately, down the road here, Maley's probably not going to be with this team much longer. No. And if you are going to have guys that are going to be coming up through the system or you are going to be keeping, let's say, Sanchez, uh, um, then, yeah, I get catching those are in the minors. So you get But I think that if Reese was up right now, like he didn't have a terrific spring by any means on the sticks, but Danny's the guy who's going to be on the sticks and, and hit well. And Reese is your defensive catcher. Like this guy, just the way he blocks balls, the way he frames a pitch, it's just, he looks more comfortable defensively than Maley by a long stretch. I think yeah. it was one game that I went to and Maley Pat had like six balls passed and I'm just sitting behind home plate. Like Jesus, come on. I know it's spring training, but I do not want to see this in the middle of the year. Right. And, if you're going to be catching buckles, I would much rather see <laughs> buckles throwing a curveball to McGuire than Maley, by all means, um, with a man on third. Yeah, but then you run into the issue, who's your Buffalo catcher? Like, I know that really doesn't matter to the success of the Blue Jays this year, but who's going to end up being the catcher in the Buffalo system then? Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we talked about it that Max is considering retirement. Right. Um, and this guy has just been given almost every opportunity and he just hasn't really clicked. Uh, it's sad. Honestly, this guy was 
once one of our best prospects in the system could have traded him for anything and everything. And, you know, that's part of the game. Sometimes they just don't pan out. But if you really do believe or you want to try and invoke some confidence back in a guy, you say, hey, Max, here you go. Like, here's here's a starting role. Maybe not even a starting role. You split time with uh, Patrick Cantwell or uh, who's the other guy that the Jays got in the system? Uh, Riley Adams. Mm-hmm. Riley Adams is the other guy. He's right now in uh, Montreal, right? So I think that, listen, if if it could turn around for Max, it would have to be now or never. Like, there's right. no question of a doubt, right? And if he, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say, man, but I do not... Uh, I'm not on the melee board. That's one thing I'm not on board for, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, he's a solid backup catcher, and that's yeah. all about it. Um, yeah. How many but, starts is he going to get, really? One every five? Come on. It's not yeah. that bad, you know? Yeah. And it, and that's the thing, right? Like, you want to give these guys major league at-bats, and you want to get them to develop. But honestly, I think I'm going to be more excited when I'm going to be driving down the QEW to go watch ball. <laughs> games this year than yeah. a couple of games for sure for sure uh but uh yeah there's that's another new year but uh yeah i mean it's it's definitely going to be fun to see what's going to happen with this uh with this team this year what's uh what's the take on charlie i like him i like the attitude it's a huge difference from gibby right it, it yeah. gibby was sort of the quintessential old school baseball guy whereas yeah. i think charlie is just He's he's more fun, and he may be more relatable, and he may be more uh, in tune with the the younger generation of players. Um, obviously, it's going to happen when you're on a raised team for so long. You're constantly dealing <laughs> with youth, right? You're constantly dealing with these young players, and they come and go. So you're surrounded by young guys. Whereas Gibby loved the vets. He loved him. He loved having these these old school veterans around him. And I'm not saying that necessarily guys like Josh Donaldson are old school, but they still were more in tune with the way Gibby was. So yeah, I there think, are no baseball players. Yeah, yeah. Like especially Tulo, man. Like these these new crops of players, and I think the Latin American aspect is very valuable here as well. Um I think he's going to fit in well, and I think he's part of this new identity that we're, yeah. we haven't even scratched the surface with this new identity with the Blue Jays yet. And we're probably not going to see it really until 2020. But having him on this team, I think it was calculated. Um, I think they really wanted Rocco Baldelli. But when that fell through, I think Charlie was the Charlie Montoyo was the next best thing. Well, you know, when you, when you see Charlie come to the games, like whether it's – I mean – even after a loss, um, some of the blowout losses, yeah, you're going to hang your head out, head down, right? And it's just spring, but this guy would, day in and day out, come into camp, and no matter what, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's joking, he's throwing batting practice pitches, he's fielding with the players, where Gibby, listen, we love Gibby. Gibby, yep. it's hard not to love Gibby, man. Like, he was just, he Gibby's was the best. best. Yeah, he's the best. He's, he's a hard-nosed manager, and He'll set your shit straight. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. if you're not performing well, he'll sit you down and say, "Hey, you're you're playing like garbage, and this is how you're playing. And if you're not going to do anything about it, then we're going to pull you off to the. You're not going to play." But he did it with uh, Donaldson last year. He pulled him into the dirt, pulled him off, and told him what it was, and then he brought him back. Right? Because, right. and that's the thing. Where Charlie is going to be that guy who he's going to be a very great. Not, he's going to be a good coach for the younger generation because he is more personable. 
he's very open. He's he's an enjoyable person to be around and just even, you know, shoot the shit, as we say, just to talk to, right? He's always got a smile on his face. And, and that's the biggest thing. And like you said, with the Latin American players, like this guy is so fluent. Like I was listening to him to talk to a couple of the guys and I'm like, Jesus, this is going to mm-hmm. be cool for Vladdy, right? Yep. Because Vladdy just does not speak English at this point, right? There's a certain thing, a couple of things that he can, you know, go by and, and get by with. But um, that's where Charlie's going to be clutch. And I think that that was a great hire because Rocco really can't speak Spanish. Right. Um, yeah. He might be able to pick up a one, too, but that's that's just about it. Right. Where Charlie can say, like, hey, this is where you have to do. And, you know, a guy like Reina, even um, those are guys that are going to be very crucial to this team moving forward. And because they do, in fact, the majority of the way that they speak is Spanish, then, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be great that uh, this guy's on board and, and he's a part of this organization moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds uh, this year, because as we've been saying throughout this entire show, it's probably not going to be a competitive year for the Blue Jays. So it, it, lo- it losing can really uh, be a detriment to a clubhouse. Like It does weigh on these players. So I'm interested to see how he responds to that and how he keeps the morale up. Um, I want to say he had a, a hypnotist or a magician or something during spring training. So those kind of signs, that to me, those are cool things. Like, does it necessarily help them be competitive? No, no, it doesn't. But it definitely lightens up the locker room. That's got Joe Madden written all over it. And I think that's sort of something influential in that aspect. But I do appreciate the intangibles here. And uh, I don't I, I'm excited to see how he responds with this team. So here's a question. Everybody's all, a lot of people want Vladdy up and some people just don't understand that service manipulation, service time manipulation is crucial to having this guy kept on the roster for a long term. But let's just say hypothetically, Bichette and Vladdy start the year with the Blue Jays. Who finishes the year stronger, Vladdy or Bichette? Uh, First, I'd be pissed if both of them did, um, but uh, I I can't not go with Vlad. If we're talking on the offensive end, definitely Vlad. But defensive, I think Bichette has a leg up. But um, you just can't match that power. I know Bichette had a. It's really awesome to see prospects, even when it's spring training, hit above 400. That's awesome. But is that sustainable in the big leagues? I don't know. I think Vladdy has the advantage on the offensive end. Well, and they were playing. Uh, they're playing Bichette a lot at short during spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a game, the game against the Pirates down in Bradenton. Um, he did mess up a couple of double plays and a couple of guys I was talking to, they were, we kind of agreed that this guy's probably better off being at two bag. Um, yep. Just because it's a shorter throw and he's, you know, a little bit more, he's used to that. He's drafted at that position, right? So he was, he was grown in that position and give him back the two bag um, and then put Kevin at, first um i i i don't know man i i i think that if vladi and bichette started the year you're gonna get much more pop out of vladi but i don't think you would get as much um average and on base with vladi as you would with bichette and the reason why i say that is the way that this that bichette has the same approach each and every game the way he's at bat, even in like he watches clips in the minors, he's going up to bat and he's like, he looks at it and he's like, listen, I'm, I'm swinging first pitch. Like, I don't care if it mm-hmm. looks good. 
I'm going for it. And he does that all the way through and he hits aggressive, even up to the like his third and final strike, right? And that's just something that I caught when I was watching him. He's just each and every way he does not care, right? And that's the thing, like this is going to be a, an incredible thing to watch with these two guys. Um, I think that, you know, moving forward, these guys being a one-two punch, I, I think that it's going to be scary in, in 2020, 2021, with the two of them having solid everyday rules with this team, right? And that's, that's what I'm excited for the most. I mean, I think that all of us Jays fans are most excited for that aspect. Um, but I don't know, man. Bichette, if he was here every single day, the only thing that I'm really worried about is the turf. Mm. Yeah, I and, think that's fair. Yeah. And that's the only thing that would probably maybe lean me more towards Vladdy in the long term. But I think in the short term, Bichette just has the ability to be that leadoff guy. Right. Mm. And mm. we need that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, when Freddie Galvis, and you know what? Speaking of, uh, I don't know if this is Buck being Buck. But on today's broadcast, tonight's broadcast, rather, he's he's pronouncing it Galvis. So yeah. I okay. So I guess I've been wrong this whole time. So I for, too. yeah. When when the Jays signed Freddie Galvis, um, the writing was on the wall. There's going to be no Bichette. Um, I yeah. fully believe you're not going to see Bichette at all this year, at all. I I do think that they're going to do the same service time song and dance with Bichette into next year as they did with Vlad. You think if he's even clipping for like. 380 in Buffalo and he's got 12 homers and he's just killing it. Let's let's just say he's he's absolutely murdering the baseball by let's say August. Let's just say okay. you don't think that there's going to be a September call up. No. No, not at all. I think they they value longevity in the system and they've been preaching about giving this team the chance to be consistent contenders and bringing up Bobachet I'm speaking in the front office's point of view. Bringing up Bo Bichette in December for a 20, 25 pointless games does not uh, align with building a consistent contender. Building a consistent contender so. means like having them for as long as possible. Yeah. And I think that if Vlad wasn't in the system, we'd all be talking about Bo. That's all we would be talking about. He would be the next Troy Tulowitzki for the Blue Jays when Troy Tulowitzki was awesome with the Rockies. Yeah. So I think I think that it's more than likely that you're going to see Bo Bichette mid-April, early May of 2020 than at all this year. Hey, and that's the thing. Like We talk about it a lot, right? And that service time manipulation is the most important thing. And I agree with you, right? And I think that Ultimately, it doesn't really, I don't know. Rogers is just, this company really wants to make money. And I don't know if you've seen, like, they're not selling out any home opener ticket. No, no, I know, dude. Right. And they're, I think that they're that's trying true. to give like, away an ugly t shirt, too. And it's gross. Yeah. And that's the thing. And they're giving away a hoodie on this Saturday or the Sunday game. Oh, wow. Anyway, hoodies. They're just like, so, and those tickets aren't even. So like, it's just that that's the only thing that might say at some point in this year that, hey, you know what? We're going to call either Vladdy or Bo. We're going to call one of them up and we need to start filling the seats because 
a nobody's buying these five dollar beers because no one wants to stand in line for five dollar <laughs> beers and no one's sitting in section one 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 oh nine right beside home plate. Like it's just embarrassing. Like we look like a, a Tampa Bay Rays game. Yeah. I mean Vladdy's gonna get called up. And yeah, that's gonna happen. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 tricky to see, man. And he that's the thing. If Vladdy Listen, we think the injury, it's the same thing that I talked about with the Dalton Pompey thing, where it's just he's injured, but he's not injured. He could play, but he can't play. So we're just going to sweep this under the rug so we can bring him up on April 14th. I think it's going to be later than that, man. I, yeah. I think it's. He's got to get some crap from Buffalo and, and yeah. he might be up June. June. I, I think that's fair to say June and after the deadline, you know, and that, that's actually probably the most ideal time for him to be up because you're going to move some of these guys on the roster, right? Um, like Freddie Galvis. Um, so, you know, you could swing Drury in a different position. And if you really want, I mean, Vladdy's not going to stick at the third base. Um, he's going to probably move to corner outfield or even just come in on a DH and move Morales. Yeah, if you can, day. if you can move Morales, that's the tough part. You know, um, the, the only cog in this hole right here is Drury's been pretty good. Yeah. And if he continues to be pretty good, it makes the Jays far more comfortable in their case, far stronger to, for keeping Vlad down. I know it sucks, but if Drury's still performing well, they'd say, why do we need to bring Vlad up? We have a third baseman that's performing just fine. You know, and I, I don't disagree with you. Man. He's 19 years old, does not need to be playing Major League Baseball right now. I'm OK with him coming up at 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I doubt they wait till Super 2 status. I, I doubt that highly, oh, yeah, but, course. you know, selfish me, I want to see him. I have tickets already um, uh, for the Paw Sox, the Red Sox AAA team. Buffalo's playing them in Rhode Island on April 16th. So selfishly, I want to see him for 10 bucks here. So I hope they keep him down. <laughs> oh, man. I, honestly, I think that he, you know what? It's not a bad idea that he, he sticks there. And he was in AAA, what, for 40 or 50 games last year? That was it? Yeah, that was took it. took for a ride, but... Give him the cracks, man. Like, there's no rush to bring him up. And I think that's the Jays fans. It's the only thing that, you know, we want him here. They want to see him play, but there's no rush to it. I'd rather see this team contend in a year or, sorry, a year or two years Mm -hmm. than just bring him up and and ruin anything, right? Because it could be a thing of killing his confidence at the same time if he's not hitting the sticks as well as he wants to, right? Yeah, it's it's more to that. In six years, let's say they brought him up the start of this year. In six years from now, when he's a free agent, every Blue Jays fan is going to look back on 2019 and say, why the hell did we bring him up for 2025 pointless games where we could not have brought him up and have him for an extra year? Right. You just you want to keep him for as long as possible. And I know people hate this about Rodgers, but you also want to keep him for as cheap as possible. Right. You want to be able to save that that coin, the coin in the purse to be able to spend around him when the time is necessary, right? You can't do that when he's commanding these arbitration figures, right? So if you have him for that extra year, it allows the Blue Jays to build an even more robust team than they have with their prospect capital right now. And I think that is the smarter long-term move than bringing him up right now. Morally, I think that's a different argument and I kind of don't want to go down that road. But when it comes to just the straight business aspect, this is yeah. the best thing that the Blue Jays can do for their longevity. Of course. And that's the thing. It's about winning a championship in five years, right? It's yeah. not about winning one tomorrow or, or you know, a week from now or two weeks, two months from now, right? And 
it's not about that. It's it's about the longevity and, and keeping a guy that's going to be, you know, a potential next Mike Trout in a $430 million contract. Yeah, he has the potential to be the Blue Jays' best player in franchise history. And that's not an exaggeration. I really, truly believe that he has the potential to be the best Blue Jay ever. No no disrespect to Roberto Alomar. No disrespect. You know, to Jose Bautista. These guys are great. But this guy has the potential to change the face of the franchise forever. Yeah, and there's a reason why he wanted to come here. Yeah. Well, Adam, hey, I really appreciate you jumping on this one. Uh, I really do. Thank you so much, man. Uh, again, uh, you know I'm going to be headed down to uh, to the states here, doing a, a couple of games. So, by all means, if you want to jump in the BJ bus, you're more than welcome, man. I'll buy some beers and we'll head over to a couple of games and shoot the shit over there. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. And dude, if you ever find you know the bus down here in Rhode Island to uh, to the Pawtucket Stadium to McCoy Stadium, look, the the stadium has one or two more years left until they move to Worcester, Massachusetts. So if you want to, you know, head over to a cool ballpark where the beers are pretty cheap, they're like four bucks a piece. McCoy Stadium is a cool place to watch a game, man. All righty, I'll hit you up. I'll take you out, but we'll go and hit a game at Fenway with all yeah. those stations. <laughs> Uh, I got to love Canada. Awesome, Adam. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the quality of things from my end of the phone call there. Unfortunately, I did leave my mic in the BJ bus, and that is out of town right now, parked and getting renovated as we speak. Big thanks once again to Adam Corsair from South of the Six podcast, as he does a podcast following the Blue Jays and Toronto Raptors, so check him out. He is available on all streaming media. I got to prep for my draft now with the guys from my Fantasy League Baseball North as I get ready to take on another year of Fantasy Baseball. And hopefully once again, for four years in a row, I will be making the championship finals, taking them down. Things are just too easy with these guys. Again, I am your host, Alexio, and this has been another edition of the BJ Bus. You can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TBJBus. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.